welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by two guys who are podcasting for their jobs. What's up, Chuck and Gene? Hi, this is uh, Chuck Siders, and I'm concerned about my friend Dave Diorio. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. Hi, and I'm Gene Zilek. And if you're a Sixers fan listening to this podcast, you must hate yourself. <laughs> we have good content. We have good content. Please do, stick we around. Do, we, do, we do. Trust us. Trust us. So we this is a weird episode. This is like one of our. It's like it's a regular episode because it's dropping on a Monday. It's uh, it's a raw nerve episode because it's immediately after a, a, a an elimination playoff game, and it's a eulogy episode because the Sixers season is over. Um, but before we get into that, uh, we have to wish all the mothers out there a happy Mother's Day because <laughs> we are recording on a Sunday. Um, and without a few key mothers, this show would not be possible. So let's start off with all of our mothers, because if they didn't give birth to us, we wouldn't be on the show. Is that fair? I'm sure my mother appreciates that. Uh, yeah, uh, happy Mother's Day, Mom. Happy Mother's Day to my to my wife as well. Damn, Dave, you're a dutiful son and husband. And, uh, that... and, right, Chuck. And, and without uh, without the support of your wife and my wife, this show would not be able to... to, to um be possible also what about gene's wife who's also who our it expert she's not a mother but i mean <laughs> well, like we're going to go that is also with... true that is that is also very true all of that is true all right <laughs> any other topics to avoid the sixers <laughs> i'm out i'm tapped out let's start with the quadruple doink we need oh. i need your i need your raw reaction how do you feel right now I thought I was going to overtime. I was I was already on my feet, ready to head to the kitchen to refill my beer. And I, like, I literally thought that there was no way that shot went in when it left his hands. And I was very observant tonight. I felt like I was really keyed into the game. I was able to pick up in real time that uh, that that three-point shot that, that was actually a two. Um, so it was ridiculous. And every time I've seen the, the, the replay, I still don't understand how that basketball possibly goes in. Um, it, it yeah, just like doesn't make what kind sense. of ro- what kind of rotation was on that <laughs> ball that it hits the front of the rim, goes straight up, and rotates into the basket? I, I just don't understand it. Yeah, yeah it, I'm almost that... like not mad. Like, well, I mean, I'm mad, but like not mad at the physics. I don't know. <laughs> Gene is not mad at God. Chuck, where you at? Where you at emotionally right now? Uh, numb. It's <laughs> I was. I was prepared for the Sixers to lose game seven before they won game six. After they won game six, I was feeling really good. Throughout today, I was feeling really good. Once we tied the game and went ahead in the third quarter, mm-hmm. I really felt like we were going to win. Yeah. And just like Gene, I thought it was going to overtime because that first bounce that gave me such confidence. Yeah. You hit the rim. I'm like, okay, great. Like, and then the second bounce, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Well, when Kawhi comes up short, the ball, like, you know, you'll, you kind of see him when he's got that high arc to his shot. Like those, you feel like they're always going in, but that was more of like that line drive. It just didn't look like it was, a, it came off his hands clean. Um, yeah, I, I expected the second bounce to go out. The the yeah. first one went up. I expected the second one to to be the double doink, the one that went away, right. but it it didn't. And then the third bounce was just like I, I don't. You're like playing Papa Shot at the arcade, and it's just like going around the the rim and gonna go in. Here here are my immediate thoughts after that went in. You bitches didn't cover the spread. Uh, Bucks, uh, Bucks in three, and every game they win by forty. <laughs> Bucks in three. Kyrie's a Clipper, and I, I, uh, I'm sorry, Kawhi's a Clipper, and uh, and I and I hope Kyle Lowry gains another fifteen pounds in the off season. Oh, that guy is such a pudgy, pudgy those are, player. Those were my four thoughts. And your hockey town anyway, and the Leafs went out in the first round when they had a path to the Stanley Cup this year. 
Let's hit him where it hurts, Dave. Yes, I love it. I love it. So, um, all right, we're, we're, uh, taking the, the quad the quad doink out of it. Uh, where, where did where did it go wrong tonight? I mean, was the game lost in the first quarter? I, I really don't think so. I really don't think so. I think that both teams came out cold, slow. Uh, slow, slow is not the right word. Tight is probably the right word. Uh, the fact that we were, were we, what, down one at halftime? You, you know, this this game was never out of control at any point for either team. Anytime somebody had to make a run, they made a run. Um, if anything, I think that where we really lost the game was in that stretch of the fourth quarter where we went two and a half minutes inside of the last four and could not score a point. And we had three, I believe, in that stretch uh, shot clock clock violations or two shot clock clock violations and one heave that was absolutely stupid. Uh, That I don't understand. Yeah, Uh, I have that in my notes as two asshole possessions after a timeout. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what did you talk about in the timeout? I mean, all they had to say was give it to Jimmy Butler, I guess. I, like, I don't, I don't, I have no idea what the, I don't understand why Joel Embiid is playing at half court either. Like, yeah. I don't understand that at all. I mean, did they not hear the guys sitting at the desk with the microphones on saying they should post up Joel Embiid? Because they wouldn't stop saying it. And the only time I felt like this game was done like the, the the Sixers had no shot in it I think we were down by seven in the first quarter like we uh they they pulled him beep uh and we we fell down seven uh Joel comes back in we make up almost all of it if not all of it and then at another point we fell down seven again uh with uh Embiid uh Embiid on the court and then I was worried then it really felt like, you know, we were, we were going to, you know, all out contention. So much game left. There was so much. Game well, there left. was so much game left, but it was. It, it felt like there was a a real distance between the two teams. But outside that point, once we made up that uh, deficit again, I don't know if we tied it after that. But um, in, in the first half, I felt comfortable being down four going into halftime, and I definitely felt comfortable in the third, in the fourth, up until those, you know three possessions where we just couldn't do a damn thing. But I don't know. It was, there were so many little mistakes, so many misconversions by both teams that it, it, if you want to say, yeah, the Sixers had all the opportunities to win this game. Well, you can say the same thing about the Raptors. You know, if both, if either team was a little better, they would have won handily. Yeah. I mean, there was a, it was really poor three-point shooting in the first quarter. I mean, any one of those that goes in, I mean, could have been the difference in the game. But yeah, you're talking. You're on a razor's edge here. A two-point game in a game seven. Well, and even <laughs> and we even with as badly as things went, with four seconds left, Jimmy Butler makes a great defensive play and dunks a ball to to and to get and gets fouled to tie the game. You know, and you've got four seconds left. You just need to defend one play to go to overtime. So that's how thin the margin was. It literally came down to a a miracle shot at the absolute last possible you know moment you can put it up that shouldn't have even gone in except for some sort of fluky act of physics. I mean, like breaking down, like let's just say the last play was the deciding factor of the series. Uh, is there any way to say? Okay, there's just we're, we're going to totally eliminate the possibility of Kawhi getting this ball. I think they probably I, tried. I, you know what I mean? Like they, they I, you couldn't foul there, so you couldn't. No, put, no, I know you can't foul. And you're also, I mean, I guess maybe they they couldn't put Simmons on him too tight because they ran the risk of Simmons being being used, you know, being fouling out. So you've got to put Butler on him, who I think was the the guy guarding him. I don't think Butler did a bad job guarding him. You know, I didn't. Yeah, they they forced him to the edge of the court. Like he had what, like three guys in front of him, and was a a foot away from being out, you know, out of bounds. Like I. 
Well, now for the rest of our fucking lives, whenever someone talks about Kawhi Leonard, we're going to see that shot and we're going to see that circus play under the basket um, against Embiid. And I'm going to want to throw up every time I see it. It, it. Did did Kawhi's emotion meter at least budge when he made that shot? Or do you think that he just walked off the court and... Um, I think his hands actually grew another quarter inch. Did did he go into his locker and plug in to charge? Ah, my hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess they probably immediately put him into his you know his 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 battery uh, his charging station so that Kawhi could be charged oh for Wednesday. God. That guy can't become a Clipper fast enough for me. Yeah, seriously, get <laughs> get get to the Western Conference like yesterday. I want. I mean, I want the Bucks to smash them. So badly. Do we have any idea what their? I, I honestly have no idea what they their head to head matchup has has been all year. But I want to see Golden State Bucks in the worst way at this point. Uh, Trailblazers Bucks. You watching that series? Is that like the worst possible market wise series for the NBA? It's not attractive. I do like Damian Lillard. <laughs> it's, it's not attractive <laughs> for people who wear flannel. That is the series to go to, man. Yeah. Like, if you own a deer stalker and are not Sherlock Holmes, you are watching that series. <laughs> are those games going to start like at eleven twenty? Like, what time of night do those things come on? Oh my god! <laughs> I'm trying to get the um, the season series. But I mean, okay, the... yeah, yeah. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Uh, Milwaukee won one, Toronto won one, Milwaukee won. Milwaukee won three out of the four. Okay. All right. So that, that gives me that gives me some some optimism. The well, thing about the Western Conference is like there was the, the marquee matchup was all all there. You know, it was gonna be Houston versus Golden State. That's the matchup that everybody's wanted. It was gonna be Yeah. You know, they're gonna yeah. talk about that being the actual title. So how how horrible do we feel that basically we lost um, because of Serge Ibaka? Oh, God, he's terrible. <laughs> I mean, how do we give up that many offensive? Re- we won the offensive battle every game this series. Yeah, how was, does this happen tonight of all nights? It was so uncharacteristic of the way they've been the entire season. We never – we don't get beat that badly on the offensive glass. The Raptors shot terribly. They had to put up at one point. They were they had twenty more shots than we did, and the score was tied. I believe they, the score was tied at eighty four. Well, we got Band Aid Head out there dropping threes in the first <laughs> half. We have Kyle Lowry, Lowry who must have gone back and had hand surgery. They tied a shoe a shoelace or something around his finger. Yeah, a shoelace, a Band Aid, a stick of gum, and a paperclip. Oh my god! I don't know. I just feel really helpless right now. I I feel like, you know, I'm I'm having trouble comparing it to another team, but it's probably those um like mid 2000s Phillies where we were clawing and clawing and clawing and we were like one game short of a wild card for a couple of years where we would yeah. just miss the Houston and then we made the playoffs and we lost in the first round to the you know and it's just this uphill battle and you're just watching the build but it's so painful i feel like i'm on that same journey with these sixers from yeah. going through like all those process years to you know you finally get Embiid playing and they take a huge jump and now they're finally in the playoffs and they get to the second round now it's like we made it back to the second round and we pushed our opponent to the absolute brink where that wasn't even in the equation last year and it's just so painful because you're waiting for that breakthrough moment and you just thought when this team was starting to gel that they had it in them like i really did feel like after game three, that, oh, my God, like, they can win. They can win everything if they yeah. play that well. Yeah. And this whole series was lost in game goddamn four. Yeah, no, that's that was the, the, the game that – I think that was the game that Embiid just had little energy. He was, he was basically a, a liability even having him on the court. The pro the thing is that that like the- a Trumpism, like no energy, Joel. No, no, no energy, Joel. Low energy, Joel. Low energy, Joel. So here's the thing. They have to address the the depth issue in this team. You don't have to go and get 
a superstar now. You don't. You just need to keep your players. But you cannot be a six-man team. You can't. You have to have some players that can play meaningful minutes in a playoff game. And and Joel Embiid physically cannot be a 45-minute-a-night guy even in the playoffs. We saw that. He couldn't do it in the first series either. He had to take, what, two games off completely for the Nets series? For the knee? And then we get the the worst flu timing in the history of bad flus. (laughs) Maybe the worst timing since 1918. (laughs) Worst timing, but much better um, survival rate. Yeah. Gene, you had said something um, before we actually started recording. As Gene, Gene and I were waiting a little bit for Dave, and we're desperately trying not to do the show before the show. Uh, but Gene, you were saying something about uh, Joel, you know, blaming himself for this, and my my first thought was like, like I don't want to blame him, but if he were healthy, uh, we win this series in six, <laughs> like. You know, I'm I'm not even talking about knee. If it just didn't have the fluke, um, what the fuck was it? You know, gastroenteritis. Uh, thank you. The, the stomach bug, the, and the, then the the shits. All right, <laughs> and then he had the upper respiratory infection. Yeah, and then he like, had horrible allergies, and then he had uh, conjunctivitis, and then right. we're, we're gonna yeah. find out. Like Joel was like volunteering at a daycare it's like that's noble of you but those places are just a den of illness but yeah it's more like he cut his vegetables with a meat knife yeah yeah (laughs) used he used the wrong knife it's like uh i don't know but like hey here i got another i got another take i got another take if we got playoff jimmy in the regular season would we have been the two seed yeah maybe yeah you know, I mean, these guys need to come out next year and win the East. They need to ha- they need to be the one seed, and we got to win every home playoff game. Oh yeah, no, and, no more losses and, on, at home. And if this team stays together, there's no like, oh, conference finals will be the goal next year. No, the, the NBA no, the NBA final. finals will be the goal next year. And, and if and, and if, actually they should probably win it. Yeah, if the if the if the Golden State Warriors break up the way it looks like they're going to break up. Right. I feel like the NBA is going to be wide open. So yeah. I guess, Dave, my next question is, do you keep this team together? If you can, I keep everybody. I mean, you got to add uh, you want to you want to get rid of some of this like Boban. And, well, so every I saw a great tweet tonight that was um, that basically said the backup center situation is like playing Russian roulette, but every chamber has a bullet in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, there's no good decision on right. who to – I mean, I honestly keep coming back to the fact that Ben Simmons should be the backup center. Which is not that bad of an idea because I feel like in some cases he plays the five better than any of the other backup fives. Well, when oh. he's playing well, he is he's, he's basically a center. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's a center. He's posting people up. And uh, I and thought I, that he had a really good first half, and I thought that the the strength that he had probably this whole series was really how he uh, how he played defense. Um, but he has got to be more aggressive if he is not going to be able to shoot from fifteen feet out. Although I did see him throw in that hook early in the game, which uh, when he's hitting that, that can be a pretty effective uh, little weapon. But you know, once again, when we get in late into the game. Ben kind of disappears offensively. It I mean, becomes a two-man elbow, game. Like just an elbow jumper. Like, just give me an elbow jumper. I don't need him to hit threes, but I need him to be, like, reliable outside, you know, like, two feet. I mean, for God's sake. I mean, my son can hit an elbow jumper. If he had a tiny little step back, he would be unstoppable. Okay. Well, hey, I got a question. Are are Toronto Raptors fans stupid? Well, they, uh, they didn't yes. impress me. I, I mean... What are they looking at in that stadium? What are they looking at in that, in that arena when they show a replay? You know, here's the thing. I, when I watch games and, and I'm like upset that there, you know, there was a foul, and I go, oh, what a bunch of bullshit. And then I see the replay, I go, oh, you know what? Yeah. 
They show the replay of uh, Gasol uh, basically hitting Embiid on the forehead right. for a three-point attempt, and you get the uh, refs you suck chant. Yeah, and it was pretty – like, it wasn't even close. Like, he smacks him on the head. And that happened, like, for three different fouls. Like, sometimes you got to say that was actually a foul. Right. right? That can happen. I know you're all influenced by Kyle Lowry. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't realize how ubiquitous the refs you suck chant is. No, it's pretty ubiquitous. That's crazy. The amazing thing about Toronto, they have to do it first in English, then again in French. Right. Mm. Well, I mean, that is true. It is a bilingual kind of thing. But uh, the amazing thing is how negative the reaction to the announcement of the referees were from both sides for this game. Nobody oh, yeah, wanted like these, on Twitter. Nobody wanted these refs for this game. Nobody. And I really honestly didn't feel that the refs called a bad game. Very seriously, I thought that there were calls that went either way. Um, you know, I mean, I didn't feel like there was any kind of undue influence. You know, if anything, the Sixers got a couple more bounces uh, than the Raptors did. The Raptors were at home. But I'm so glad that I'm not sitting here being like the refs took one from us. <laughs> Um, sorry, I'm just seeing uh, uh, what refs you suck in French is. <laughs> it looks like it's refs to cran. <laughs> refs well, to cran. Refs to cran. Ha- <laughs> well, if you want to be informal, like it was the formal version. Is there refs to um, cran? I don't know. Google Translate doesn't even. Hold on, let me let me see if it, can I play it. That's how, that's how you say it. <laughs> <laughs> See, we talk about it. We feel a little better, right? It's not so yeah. bad. So, um, look, I want to talk about Joel Embiid for a second because there's a lot of horrible Embiid takes, like, going around Twitter. Like, I think I saw one take that was like, I can't believe Embiid's treating this like a regular season game. Like, are you an asshole? Yeah, I think the, the guy's that playing the whole yeah. damn game, and then the 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 emotion after the game, uh, I really appreciate. Yeah, I do too. Like you know, this is not uh, you know Donovan McNabb laughing coming off the field. I mean, oh. I mean Embiid oh. gives a shit. Oh yeah, and everything he does, you can tell in his trash talk in season, in how hard he plays the game. He, other teams hate him because of how much he cares and his attitude going into it. And the the worst takes I saw were like, oh, what's it going to be now? And like serious and like not, not joking. You know, our thing put out like, oh, is he going to have the plague today? You know, right. Speaking more about bad luck than yeah. anything else. But when it's like, oh, he's weak. What illness is he going to have now? Like, no, he just has bad luck. You know, a lot, uh, it's like, um, a lot of, I hear, you hear historically, like, well, the, the team doesn't care about you. Like, why do you care so much about the team? Right? But yeah. I, I feel like Embiid does care. Like, he reali- he realizes that the city had gave them a lot of support. And he feels like, he let them, I mean, I, I, they're they're doing the press conferences now. I, I haven't heard him speak or really any of the players speak yet, so I'm really kind of just speculating here. But, yeah, I think he feels like he let the entire city down. Well, I can say that pregame, one of the, the, the things I think I saw watching, I guess it was probably Comcast coverage, they were saying that Joel basically has said, if I had played better in games three, four, and five, you know, I think that we wouldn't necessarily be in this situation. And he said, I feel like if I can go out and play as well as I can in game seven, that there's, there's no way that we can, we can lose. And that, and and with all that being said, he is aware that that's how important of a player he is to the, to the, to this particular group. He calls himself the process. He has embraced everything that is the culture of this team everything comes off of him. We would like it to be kind of a, a more shared environment. We wish that sometimes Ben Simmons would kind of inject a little of his personality into this, uh, into this culture. I, I don't know that that's the kind of guy that he is. Uh, and I'm wearing my Ben Simmons jersey. I, I am a Ben Simmons 
fan. You're not going to hear me get on this show or on the radio and say, we need to trade Ben Simmons. I want Ben Simmons to be a sixer for life. But that all being said, this team is going to live and die based on what Joel Embiid does. He is the reason we're going to win a championship or the reason we don't win a championship. Uh, he is the piece that you build around. That's what you, you, that was what the process was for, was to find Joel Embiid. Now, is the window small? Is the window tight? Because guys that are his size, that do the things that he do physically, historically, don't have long careers. Just ask uh, uh, Yao Ming, <laughs> you know? Yeah. These are guys that can do incredible things uh, while they're healthy, but then when they break down, it, it's it's ugly. So I feel like the Sixers, maybe you have a guy like Elton Brand who's willing to strike while the iron is hot. And that's why I hope that the plan for the summer is if Jimmy Butler needed to do something to to win a max contract, these two playoff series, there were there's enough there for me that tells me I don't know who else is going to be out there that that deserves the money you're going to pay him. I certainly don't think that there's a better match personality wise for this for the city. He absolutely is the guy that I wanted, and he is I think falsely advertised or falsely given the moniker that he's not a guy that's a team guy. I think that he's maybe too much of a team guy in, that, in other places that didn't fly. Um, yeah. I wish that we got more Tobias Harris than we got. And I'm hoping that with a full season with yeah. him or a full off season, we actually can, can figure out a way to use him uh, the way that he's supposed to be used. And then yeah. we have got and, to go and fix the bench. We have to get a legitimate backup center. Well, we got to get, we got to get Zaire up to speed. We have to get Zaire up to speed. Absolutely. I mean, like, that's something that, you know, we didn't have our first-round draft pick this year. We're going to get a first-round draft pick this year. Um, so maybe we could strike gold with, like, another Landry Shamit situation. Is J.J. a free agent? I mean, is he coming back? I think J.J. is a free agent, and it may be time to try and find a a younger version of what J.J. gives you. With a little more, like, defensive capabilities. Right. I mean, J.J., I think, you know— I know that he had a hit the had a record for the most three pointers in a in a hit in a, a season for a sixer, but JJ's not getting younger. You know, you're not going to see JJ's ceiling rise. You know, you've seen what you've got with JJ, and he's been great for this team. He was not a player that when he wasn't playing for the Sixers that I that I rooted for. But unless he's just like one of those guys who's be like, yeah, I'm, I'm I, I, let's do the discount. I want to. Yeah, I, I mean, want another shot at a ring. Which I, which I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe he is that guy. You know, maybe he likes the. You know, he he wants to finish this out, which I would respect. But I feel <laughs> like he could get a better deal someplace else if Probably. he's willing. If he's willing to go, and I feel like if you're the Sixers, you don't want to overpay Redick to get some other pieces. Yeah, I want. I want to backtrack to one thing you said there, uh, Gene, about Jimmy Butler, and I think. Jimmy brought out another side to Ben. You know, I think Ben was having a good season, but that real competitive spark, a, a bit of an edge, a bit of an attitude, I think really came out after Jimmy Butler came to town. I think, at least for me, I felt like I saw another side of uh, Ben Simmons. I felt like yeah, a real competitive side, his... his attitude sort of uh, began to approach that of uh, Embiid's. And I, I really liked what I saw of Ben throughout the season, but especially the second half after Butler got here uh, and in the playoffs as well. My only knock on, on, on Ben, and, and maybe it, it's just a, a wish that he could, he could, he could, he could always be that guy that he was in those couple of games where, uh, think back to, I guess, the closeout game against Brooklyn when when people were saying, you know, lost Ben Simmons, you know, has anybody seen him? You know, he's on a milk carton and he came in and, and, and dropped. I think he came in and dropped 30 on them. Um, yeah. I There seems sometimes to, to, to be this. At least it feels like if, if he gets that fire lit under him, that he can absolutely just take over a game at will. And that sometimes I wish that that he just had a way to be consistent, that he could just find whatever it is that that that, and maybe it's it, it takes a lot of energy to do that, and you just can't do that every night. But 
my God, if he had been able to come out with that sort of flame tonight, maybe, you know, maybe things go differently. It just seems like when his motor is really kicking, there is literally nobody that can stop him. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what can you say? Uh, yeah. So things things that I, I want to see for next season. Let's say they bring the entire team back. Uh, things I want to see happen next season. Um, I don't want to see Embiid playing a single back to back. Oh no. I uh, I pretty much want him to have like one day a week or one day every other week off. Um, because this is when we need them. We don't need them, uh, you know, a random Wednesday night in Phoenix, you know, in February. Like, I think, I think if, there, if we've learned one thing from this playoff series, it's, it's how critical Embiid is. You look at that plus minus, which by the way, um, ever since we recorded that podcast where we asked about plus minus, I, that's all I hear anyone talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> I want to see that. I want to, you know, look, this whole Brett Brown thing, Brett's coming back. So if you're one of these like fire Brett people, you're just going to have to sit on it for another year because he's 100% coming. I mean, does anybody think Brett's in trouble? No, I don't. And and why would he be? Was there anything that you saw that you would say that's on the coach if, if for this whole this whole playoff? Yeah, two Brett. straight asshole possessions after a timeout in the fourth quarter of a game seven in a playoff game. Okay, fair. Yeah. I mean, that. But I mean, I mean, is there a, is there, you know, is there another coach that, you know, do we know that he didn't draw up some brilliant plan and that they couldn't no execute? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I got to see. I don't know what more. basketball coaches do. I know that I'm football a, coaches you know, call plays, you know? Yeah. I, I'm not coach Carter over here. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know the breakdown. <laughs> We're going with coach Carter as opposed to like just glossing over the fact that Dave told people to sit on it. Like he's the Fonz. <laughs> <laughs> like I. <laughs> We're trying to get a PG-13 rating on this one. <laughs> okay. Listen, Arthur Fonzarelli and Coach Carter are two uh, – they're, they're more alike than you would think. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> it's called Pop Culture Touchstones. Yeah. <laughs> well, Coach Carter is at, at least getting closer to the modern era. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I want to see next season. Like, just get this team a full year. You you can make an assessment on Brett after the – like, it's just going to happen. Brett is coming back next year. So everyone just needs to – the quicker you come to that conclusion, the, the better off you'll be. I don't know that there's a coach out there that would be an upgrade. So if there's not somebody that's going to immediately – No, yeah, the Lakers. Up, yeah. If there's not going to be somebody that's going to upgrade, then – Luke Walton? Would he, would he be an upgrade? I don't want Luke Walton. <laughs> I don't want Ty Lue. I don't, I don't want anybody that's, that, that sniffed LeBron's jock. I don't want any of that. Can we get LeBron just as coach? <laughs> like not like player coach. He can still play for the Lakers. <laughs> well, he, he like he like video chats, you know, while he's playing. <laughs> he's got nothing else to do. While he's sitting alone on the Lakers bench, he's coaching the Sixers. I mean, all right. So how about this? Jay Wright says, "Yeah, I'll coach." Oh, you do that in a heartbeat. I feel bad for Villanova, <laughs> but you do that in a heartbeat. You have to. I feel like that's the only offer Jay Wright might even take. I know he's had some big offers to go to bigger bigger colleges, but uh, I don't know. Do you think he wants to go to the pros? I can't imagine if 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 he was going to go to the pros, it would have to be to, to go to Philly. He wouldn't want to go. No, he wouldn't want to go coach he, Phoenix. I don't think he goes to the Did pros the and hit him up. I, I mean, maybe the Lakers hit him up. I I think you know, if, college basketball coach is probably the most prestigious, you know, college coaching position. And he's, you know, took Villanova from, you know, a good school, but maybe second tier school to an elite school. And I think Jay, you know, once Jay, we're on a first name basis. Mm. Um, <laughs> Jay dog. Um, I think he wants to Peter Taylor. <laughs> whoever his tailor is is not getting paid enough but i think he wants to build up you know he wants he wants villanova to be a duke a kentucky you know a real legacy kind of school 
I, I want it too. I agree with that. Um, uh, just going back to the uh, the Embiid breakdown for a second. Is it like I have not seen Embiid's girlfriend before? Was did you? Did I've you only see- ever seen her in like back when he got his dog. I believe that she was in one of the <laughs> tweets he sent out when he when he got what is the dog's name? I know that it's like Sam Hinky is I think its middle name. <laughs> it's like it's like Spot Han- Sam Hinky the process. What? Are yeah, you it's, it's got like five names. Yeah. Yeah, but I really, I think Sam Minky is its middle name. Yeah, I mean, you guys, um, both Dave and Gene did not watch Game of Thrones tonight. I didn't watch Game of Thrones tonight either, but I haven't watched since the first season. So I'm on Twitter, but I highly recommend you guys stay off of it. Um, I'll oh, see I've been I... seeing that stuff all night. I, I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> all right. So I got this article here. It says, uh, uh, "Okay, the the dog's name is Klaus." Well, jeez. Oh, Everything's got a damn ad. Okay. <laughs> Except for this Cloud? show. Except name. for this show. We have no ads. But we will gladly <laughs> take them. But I thought you were talking about the dog's name. Yeah, he is I talking am. about the dog's name. The, the dog's name is... Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> Klaus Timex. Who <laughs> has live sports. Uh, Klaus Hinky DePaula Embiid. Okay. All right. And it's a golden doodle. Yeah. It is a great looking dog. Named after a character from the Vampire Diaries. <laughs> and Sam Hinkie. And Sam Hinkie. <laughs> and Brian De Palma? Wait, that, is a, uh, that is a weird existence, if that's your name. Yeah. <laughs> I am gl- I didn't know any of this stuff, so thank you for bringing it to my... Uh, yeah, to yeah my so the kids. dog's name is Hinkie, and I believe that... Uh, well, he'll always be Hinkie to me. Um, but uh, I believe that the girlfriend was in one of the pictures with the dog. But yeah. I think the dog has its own Instagram, if you want to just follow Joelle's dog. I thought he was still dog. for Rihanna. That's over, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> so I want to say that Embiid was not the only one in tears. Um, this is the first uh, eulogy that uh, my son actually oh, wrote no. down. No. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually uh, had to console him. I told him, hey, do you remember, do you remember when the Eagles won that playoff game where the, the Bears kicked the field goal and it bounced around on all the uprights and it didn't go in? And he said, yeah. I said, well. I bet you those Bears fans feel the way you feel tonight. And then he kind of said, I said, so he's like, so what do we do now? I was like, you just root for the Phillies now. Right. <laughs> well, you're too young to drink. And that's what <laughs> daddy's just, doing. You just move on to the next thing. And basically, I mean, like, I, maybe that's where we end it right now. We're, we're left. We're left with the Phils until September. Just you and me, Phillies. <laughs> now you get Every our night. Now you you had our curiosity. Now you have our attention. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty Shades of Gene over there. What the hell is that? I thought that Not was Tarantino. I, I want thought, more Shades of Gene. I thought that was Tarantino. <laughs> I want my <might> pay. <laughs> Isn't that what? Either way, I still want at least sixty-five Shades. Of Gene. <laughs> it's better than me doing that middle school kid impression. Phillies win another series. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Phillies win another series this weekend. They actually had a a great road trip, in my opinion. Yes. Yes. I mean, the the Cardinals series was impressive. Yeah, because they did not look good in that game in in game one. And they really turned that series around. And I feel like the pitching staff is starting to take shape. Yeah. Yeah. The, inter- this- the interesting thing that I heard today was that Adam Morgan and one of the other staples of the bullpen have not pitched in, like, a week and a half. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had that exact feeling about Adam Morgan. I'm like, oh, that's why I've been so, you know, calm lately. That's, that's where my heartburn went. <laughs> Zach Eflin pitches a complete game? Yeah. We got to love our E-pitchers, man. Doesn't and then all right, yeah. Eichhoff had a, had an eight uh, went eight innings one night, didn't he? Heck yeah, baby! So far, if yeah. we have a rotation that looks like you know Nola, a solid Eichhoff, a solid um, Arietta, uh, Eflin, and then Arietta, and then Arietta, and and now Cole Irvin is this is Cole Irvin legit? I liked watching what he did today. I think I was 
happier watching him pitch than I've ever been watching Vince Velasquez. Uh, a soft tossing, crafty young lefty. We need desperately left-handed pitching on this team. He's like Jamie Moyer minus thirty years. Like Jamie Moyer, <laughs> Moyer who ha- like before he faced everybody in three generations of major leaguers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I don't want to jump to anything. I mean, is this or is this one of those? We've never seen the guy. Yeah, so then- <laughs> that, that always happens to the Phillies, and now the Phillies get to do it to somebody else. Well, is wouldn't that be a nice turn of events if we could start there's doing no, that? There's no tape on this guy. <laughs> Except he's been pitching like in AAA for like a year. I'm, I'm sure somebody taped one of his games. Yeah, like what interna- international pitcher of the year or something. Like yeah, this? no, I mean he he impressed me. Uh, I think it's great that uh, he also got to pitch on Cole Hamill's day, which I didn't even know was a thing. <laughs> that wait, what? <laughs> Cole Hamill's made his debut on the exact same day, like I don't know, Ooh. 13 years ago against the Reds. I'll never forget it. I, well, I had forgotten that, so thank you for reminding me. <laughs> I don't know. I was, like, super excited to see that game. But also a left-handed pitcher. Not necessarily soft-tossing or crafty. He was more of a fastball changeup guy, but... Yeah. I, did you guys watch the Phils game today? I, I Strangely enough, I watched some and then listened to most of what was important on the radio and then and then was home for the end. Uh, did you get did you get any like highlights of Cole Irvin's like girlfriend or wife? Or I, I'm not sure who she was. No, I did not see any. Uh, you're really on the <laughs> like on the wags kick tonight. she was she was like ha- she was on an absolute emotional roller coaster watching him pitch. It was like mm. I felt like her w- while I was watching the Sixers game. Like she was crying and and uh, happy. Like it was. I don't know. It was, I, just, was it a roller coaster kind of a game? I mean, like once the Phillies went up, it was kind of like no, smooth sailing. She was like a bundle of nerves and then very emotional about the, I don't know, whatever. They kept cutting to her. I don't know. <sighs> Usually they cut to the dad. So does, is, is this kid an orphan? I mean, this would have been the perfect day. <laughs> this would have been the perfect day to cut to mom. Where was no, Cole's interviewed mom? The mom too. And the mom was like, yeah, right on. My son's a beast, you know, but <laughs> she wasn't doing like all that emoting. I'm sorry. I, I really like the idea of Cole Irving as a uh, as an orphan, and it's just like that, like that barrister from like Oliver sitting there, or like Batman. <laughs> yes, like Batman. It's like who do we have in the stands today? Oh well, we have uh, his uh, butler slash uh, caretaker. We have uh, Mrs. Hannigan uh, in the stands. There we are. <laughs> yeah. right. I'm a musical we referenced today. Rock on. Yes. I want to go back to Eikhoff, though, because I've been so pleased with how good he's looked. And I think I threw it out there in the, like, Phil's eulogy, um, you know, several months ago that, like, like with a shrug, I'm like, well, I liked Eikhoff, like, two years ago. He looked promising then, and then he got injured. Maybe he can be good. And I am, it, it's it's like an asset we forgot about or one that we just like gave up on. But he's he's back there and he, he's been consistent all season. Has he been our most consistent starter? Um, maybe. Yeah, I don't, I can't yeah, think of a game I mean, where he got blown been up. really good too. Yeah, I mean, Eflin has been good as well. And who did we send down? Who do we give up on? Well, Velasquez. He's hurt. Got hurt. Yeah, I thought we so, sent somebody down to the minors to kind of get Pavetta. That's who we've kind of. But I've, apparently, he's he's actually started to figure some some things out at Lehigh Valley. Yeah, I mean, the more options we have, the better it's going to be for us long term because you know the the odds of them all being healthy all year are just not that great. Not so if you have six team. usable guys, um, that would be good. I I just think I'm okay with Vince Velasquez just. I think it's time Not. to very seriously start investigating the idea of him being a like a swingman reliever. Yeah, I think his starter days have got to be done, or, or maybe we see if we can move him. Yeah, but it's funny how all these pieces are starting to come together, either um, development wise or them being used as uh, trade components. You know, like the trade for Real Muto and stuff. So, is this one of those teams that? whether it's this year or <clears throat> next year or three years from now or whatever, we're going to be saying, like, thanks, Ruben, tomorrow? 
Oh, God, no. I hope we're not saying thanks, Ruben Morrow. <laughs> Isn't this mostly Clentax doing? I mean, I mean, the team that we're seeing on the field, is, aren't those mostly Clentac pieces? You know, is, are no, those... Who traded Hamels? I guess Ruben Amaro. Yeah, I mean, which which of those pieces, pieces is were here because of Ruben? Ugh, I don't want to well, give him any you. credit. Well, you know, but Ruben is like on both sides of the process. He was the guy that maxed out the credit card and then started clearing out the debt. You know, whereas Ed Wade just came in. It's like, all right, Ed, fix the team. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna do really boring stuff and like. Um, not try to win, just get some prospects and like fix the. Yeah, it was just know, too slow. It was just too slow with Ed. Ed, it, Ed Wade it helped was. us a lot when he got to Houston, though, so that was nice. <laughs> and, and then, the, but the Astros, I mean, what? Uh, they won the one World Series and appeared in what another? Yeah, no, the Ed he and he really did our kind of architect that team. That's you want to be you want to be the guy that replaces Ed Wade. That's what yes. you really want to be. <laughs> you usually hear that the other way around. Like, oh, you don't want to be the guy that replaces this legend or whatever, but you want to be the guy that replaces Ed Wade. Right, because he's gonna his 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 seeds will will bear fruit, but way after he's gone. <laughs> Is it time to start talking about Reese Hoskins in the MVP conversation? The numbers are there, and. I, I don't see them changing very much unless he he goes into a protracted slump. But I mean, um, where would we be without Reese Hoskins? Uh, probably still second in the division, maybe third. But We'd be better no, than the Marlins. Reece, I, yeah. I, I, all right, I gotta look this up. What is what is Reese Hoskins' WAR this season? I think it's like close to four. Wow. No. I, Reese has been obscene. I I threw it out there in our like group chat, maybe a uh, last game. He has he, the improvement. He's one point three WAR this season. Okay, so that's the, that's not four. Yeah, <laughs> the improvement over last year uh, in his defensive play on first base, like where he has looked flat out good. And not a liability, but actually good in the position. And just the opportunity he's getting hitting in the four hole behind Harper and with Real Muto behind him. Like he is capitalizing on this opportunity. And I think he's killing it. I think he is, you know, it's it's early. Um, but he's he's making a really good case early. For uh, for NL MVP, did we pay Bryce Harper 140 million dollars to win Reese Hoskins an MVP? <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it, man. If he's if he's the protection for Reese, and you know still has decent production himself, well then he he's you know brought the production to the lineup, and at some point you know they're going to pitch to Bryce. You know, <laughs> if if we're killing him with Reese, they're going to give Bryce something to hit. The thing is Bryce uh, Bryce Harper has a great eye. And he is even though he's not making a lot of contact right now, he is getting still getting on base at, a, at an insanely high clip. Yeah. Um and that is why we are getting you know, the run production that we are when we're getting it. Um I was thinking about this today. Uh, a lot of times you you hear in terms of um Reese is sixth in the NL on uh, uh, OBP at, at four ten. That's great, <clears throat> really and he's and, and he's been he's been really good on on base percentage the whole year. But I've been thinking and about for it, a power hitter, right? You know? That's crazy. He doesn't strike out as nearly at the clip that most power hitters do. Um, I was thinking today, you know, they they often refer to like an ace pitcher as a stopper. You know, you you, you hear that 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 term that oh, you know, you're only going to you know lose so many games because you have the stopper coming in. Um, and I think Steve Carlton was probably the the definition of that guy because uh, he won like what like eighty percent of a, the the team's game one year. Um, but our offense at times has that same effect. Uh, and today I think felt like that kind of a day. Uh, most of the game, you know, the early part of the game, that, that one nothing felt like it was going to hold up. Maybe you know, and that fifth inning. 
and you can almost see how the you know the offense kind of scores in a very similar way and and these other teams just can't stop it you you put either gene segura mm. or, or or andrew mccutcheon on or god forbid both and then harper walks and then and then around yeah. the bases they come either either reese hoskins gets on you know i think today reese hoskins drew a walk you know with the bases loaded yeah. and then Romulto, you know quietly hits that that two-run double that he just seems to just hit you know whenever he feels like uh, you know the way that lineup is is laid out and i mean the three of us could have picked, put this lineup together because I, I never want to give Gabe Kapler credit if I have to. Um, okay, real quick, I want to and I want to jump in on that because I was having that thought for a while now. Of do we owe Gabe credit or is he just smart enough to get out of the way? Like I feel like it's the latter, but I think it's right, a big improvement for last season. We get it, hold on, before we get that, can I bitch about something for a second? Sure. sure. Is it Gabe Kapler? <clears throat> no, it's ESPN. <clears throat> I'm trying to figure out where the hell Reese Hoskins falls in National League first baseman uh, as far as these rankings go. <clears throat> and you, I search under first base and I can't find his stats. They have him listed as a goddamn left fielder. Still? <laughs> in 2019. He hasn't ESPN! played. Get your shit together. He's I, played I, zero games at left Carabell field. About this stuff. Is he yeah. even still employed there? I hope so. I like. I'm sorry. Ask your uh, Gabe Kapler question. (laughs) Can can you can you do that segue with less disdain? (laughs) I interrupted Gene. (laughs) You interrupted me. Should we just like defer back to Gene? No, I thought you. I thought you were in the middle of a thought. No, he finished the thought. I was saying, do we give Gabe credit or did he just get out of the way? And is that worthy of getting credit? I think it's worthy of getting credit. I mean, he he ended the season last year saying, you know, I have takeaways that I need to work on uh, for next season. And I mean, I I don't know. Maybe it's the chicken or the egg, right? Like he did all the crazy shit that he did because he felt he had to because of this personnel and they fixed the personnel, so now he feels like he doesn't have to. Or, you know, again, he said, like, I, I learned from this experience, so he changed his spots, I guess. I, I, I don't know, but I, I do give him credit. I, I mean, credit. when you're when you're playing Scott Kingery at a different position every day last year, um, it's 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 kind of hard to say that you don't have, you know, personnel issues. You had Reese Hoskins <laughs> in left field. You had to deal with the fact that you had to play Carlos Santana. At third base, you know, it, it's it was absurd. The, the the thing that makes me so happy to watch the Phillies now is I I was nauseous watching the defense last year. It was so aggravating to watch a terrible team play subpar uh, major league defense, and they weren't a terrible team. That's a, that's a, that's an overstatement because they were in the the race until August, but. You just knew a team that made as many errors and shot themselves in the foot so much was not going anywhere. Um, it's just a pleasure to watch a team, and, and when the ball is hit, you feel confident that somebody's going to field it. Um, it it's 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 a, like a revelation. The, the The offense has almost been like the cherry on top this season. And that's a great point. I mean, for me, it's the reverse in that the offense just brings me so much comfort. And then I almost forget about it. It's like, oh, wait, we play defense this year. And I can rely on the throw from the outfield. I can rely on someone getting the ball. And I have noticed an over-reliance on the shift. And maybe maybe Gabe was just – and I, to answer my own question, I do give Gabe credit for either you know changing his philosophy or his philosophy working with this lineup. Um but I haven't noticed an over-reliance on the shift. And the the pickups this offseason, uh, Real Muto, uh, you know, at home plate, the uh, outfielders, uh, McCutcheon, there's just some real pros playing defense. And it's – and Hoskins, go back to Hoskins at first base. He is an actively good first baseman where he was a liability in the outfield. I – I agree with you, Gene. I really love the defense of this team. Right on. And, I mean, right now we have a, a three-game lead. We're in first place. Uh, 
No other team. Well, I get the Braves just went over uh, 500 today. I guess they're 21 and 20. We're 23 and 16. I mean, everything is moving along nicely. Just keep winning series. Um, we evened up our uh, road record today, which is uh, you know great. Yeah, and we finished the road. We finished the road trip today, so we're the. I think we have an off day tomorrow, and then we're back home. No, no, no off. No off day. Day. We're we're in the we're, mid, we're in home. one of those uh, seventeen games in seventeen days uh, stretches. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we don't play anyone in the division for like a month. I don't think we have another division game until like June sixteenth or June seventeenth or some kind of absurd stretch. Yeah. yeah, another weird trip to uh, to Kansas City, which I heard someone. Um, I actually saw uh, Doctor Heck today, and he uh, he mentioned that he saw some uh, chickies fries in the stands. Uh, in, in Kansas, Kansas City? City, that's crazy. Really, uh, has uh, chickies, fries, crab fries. It, is this like an exchange program, or are we going to get some like good barbecue, or it is, is that? <laughs> it was is oh. that a you know slag against Bulls barbecue, or but you know Kansas City barbecue comes back here and they get some of our uh, chicken peats. Oh, look at this uh, article from March seventh, twenty thirteen. Uh, Chickies and Pete's following Andy Reid to Kansas City. Well, that explains <laughs> everything. Actual condition. Yeah. Hey, uh, wait, wait. Oh, look, Chiefs coach Andy Reid misses Philly cuisine so much he's apparently requested Chickies and Pete's install a branch, and a goddamn ad pops up in front of what I'm trying to read. Uh, <laughs> install a branch right in his new backyard in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, d- d- uh, let me have that chicken and pizza crab fries and the time. And I guess it kind of just um, caught on. Hey, when you're big red, you get what you want, man. Hmm. This year, a chicky. Well, this is 2013, but this year, a chickies and Pete's Pavilion will debut at Worlds of Fun, an amusement park operated by the company that owns Dorney Park. What? Kansas- Who knew Kansas City was essentially the Lehigh Valley? The KC location <laughs> will offer crab fries. Uh, and lobster cheesesteaks mm. and cheesesteak nachos. Lobster cheesesteak. Yum. Yeah. <laughs> it's not authentic Philly, but I'd give it a whirl if you're having lob- lobster mac and cheese. I'm not eating lobster in Kansas. So I was just in Scottsdale, oh, Arizona, true. and I said, I, one thing I will not eat there is seafood. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely gonna take it have to take a plane ride to get there. I'll get barbecue, I'll get Tex Mex, whatever, but I'll get steak. Not getting seafood. Did you have any decent food in Arizona? They're not necessarily known for their cuisine. What was the highlight of the trip anyway? Um I don't know. I saw Diamondbacks game. It was a great game too, because we beat they beat the Braves. Perfect. Exactly in, what you uh, want. In comeback fashion. It was a bottom of the ninth, two outs, home run to tie it. Did you run into Kirk Schilling, Randy Johnson, or any other Diamondback great? Like No, but what I will say, and th- this was this was up for a penalty box consideration, uh, but the the Diamondbacks has the Legends race. The Legends race? Right. So they have a uh, giant mascot, Randy Johnson. They have a giant mascot, Luis Gonzalez, um, Matt Williams, and Mark Grace as their four legends <laughs> that run around the base paths. And in Do they all mind, look exactly the same? What's that? Do they all look exactly the same? How can you tell the difference between Randy Johnson and sort of. and Louis well, I, and Louis and and, uh, and and Louis Gonzalez? I don't know. How you yeah, tell well, the difference. I, I posted the picture on our uh, Instagram account of the uh, of the Randy Johnson. He kind of looks like he has some like natty dreads. Okay, um, going on. So he <laughs> does he have like a distinct... like a dead pigeon that follows him around on a string or something? I don't know. But a couple of things with this. First of all, your organization has been in existence since 1993. I'm not really sure you you are able to scratch round up for legends um also a bunch of your legends i associate with other teams and we all know how i feel about that yeah so to me randy johnson is a mariner randy johnson is absolutely a mariner matt williams is a giant yep mark race is a cub and i I, fine i'll give you luis gonzalez if you want to call him a legend but i wasn't he on steroids (laughs) he was on something there's no way (laughs) there's no way that guy looked like that at 42 that dude hit like fifty six home runs in a season. Come on, dude! Like now I just imagine one Luis Gonzalez doll like racing against his own time. It's like, what a suspicious winning by Luis Gonzalez! 
<laughs> anyway. An so. oddly inappropriate time. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, uh, maybe it's time to make a trip to Chuck's Penalty Box. Yes, it's always an oddly inappropriate time at Chuck's Penalty Box. And Dave, I'll throw it back to you to start. Who is actually in your penalty box tonight? All right, I'm going with Drew Bianco. Okay. Drew Bianco is a uh, is an LSU uh, baseball player. And this week, LSU played Ole Miss. And Drew Bianco's dad is actually the coach of Ole Miss. And on his dad's 52nd birthday, Drew hit a home run, gave his dad a wicked bat flip, <laughs> and trotted around the bases. <laughs> so I'm not sure who's in the penalty box, whether it's Drew for giving his dad the bat flip, his dad for not recruiting him for his own team. That's uh, great. But this whole Bianco family, they need to go in the penalty box. All right, thank you, Dave. And the Bianco family, uh, you're going to the penalty box, and you're going to family therapy, man. Work that shit out, and you're getting a double minor, one for disrespecting your dad, and two for not recruiting your son. Gene, who is in your penalty box? In my penalty box are going to be Russian Knicks fans. Okay. Good call. And uh, the reason I'm going to put Russian Knicks fans in the penalty box is because Christoph Porzingis was jumped and bloodied brawling in his Latvian hometown this week. The Latvian Uh, gangbanger. Yeah. According to to TMZ, the 7'3 Porzingis was confronted by LaPasia and a handful of Russians who were supposedly upset with the fact he'd switched teams. Because it was Kristaps Porzingis' idea to get traded. Talk about not understanding sports. Often Philly, Philadelphia fans get get accused of, of being bad fans. Russian Knicks fans, and maybe Knicks fans in general, maybe you don't know how to be fans. You know, can we start maybe talking about the Knicks as like, or, or maybe, you know, instead of saying they threw snowballs at Santa, we can say that they're Russian mafia fans. Beat up, beat, up, beat up a unicorn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Russian, uh, and maybe maybe this is going to cut some of the Russian bots that listen to the show. I'm sorry if I'm offending you, Russian bots, but maybe we, we love the to... downloads though. <laughs> we keep, keep up with the downloads, guys. <laughs> maybe maybe though, Russian Knicks fans should go in the penalty box. Okay, Russian Knicks fans. No, that's all I have for a Russian accent. Uh, Russian Knicks fans, um, stop jumping people in public. And why aren't you following Brooklyn? They're owned by a Russian. Uh, you're going to the penalty box, two-minute minor for violence and not supporting your countrymen. Chuck, who is in your penalty box? Thank you, Dave. Uh, we are going back to Russia because... Vladimir Putin is in my penalty box. Thank God you went with oh. this one because this was this was my runner-up. Oh boy! Um, if you saw recently, Vladimir Putin played in a charity game, and um, let me I guess, think... he won. Yeah, he did. He I'm did. Shocked. And I don't know the exact scored his usual hat trick or the time he scored at least seven goals in a charity <laughs> game um, because of his obscene shape. Uh, that he's in and the fact that he will have your family killed if you stop his goals. Um, <laughs> Does Jarmir Yager play on his team? <laughs> no, no, no. Yager plays in the Czech Republic on a team he owns that has a quasi-Christian angle. I mean, we can get into it in another penalty box. Um, but uh, Vladimir Putin was doing uh, a lap around the the glass waving to his adoring public and did not see the red carpet laid out in front of him. <laughs> and the best part about this video is you see the the goaltender who I, I don't know who it was. I was praying it was Brzezgalov, but I couldn't confirm that. Um, like point, hey, he's going to trip over the carpet. And you have these four Russian players take off in a sprint attempting to stop him. And they don't. He tumbles to the ground. And I'll give him credit here. Gets up um, and this continues on and doesn't look like he's going to have someone murdered. 
but probably somebody was. So Vladimir Putin, you're going in the penalty box for not watching what's in front of you and interfering in U.S. elections. Uh, it's a double minor. <laughs> Four minutes for not watching what's in front of you and interfering with our elections. All right, everybody. <laughs> I think that's uh, that's enough time for this week's show. Uh, we'll see you uh, next Monday where, hmm, I guess we'll be talking about the Phillies. <laughs> Phillies, <laughs> listeners' questions, um, reliving yeah, old if you, games. If you need relationship advice, uh, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. Um, <laughs> We're going to have to fill. <laughs> but while you're at it, uh, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are we range from active to very active on all three of those platforms. <clears throat> also, uh, on iTunes, give us a give us a rating a, a, and a review. We would really appreciate it. it helps other people find the show. Uh, if you have some more time in your podcasting day, be sure to check out the Whip Around Comedy Podcast, getting you the week's uh, weird news. In one daily dose. Um, any final words, guys? Go I box. apologize to the Russian bots. I didn't mean to double dip there. Please keep listening and or downloading. <laughs> Have a great day at work, everybody. We're out of here. <laughs>